Yo, what's up, people? This is S. Foster, and you are tuned into another episode of 28 Minutes or Less, and this is episode 35 of the podcast. Um, you know, before I get started, man, I just want to um send out another thanks to Candace uh, for jumping on the last podcast, episode 34. I really appreciate that, man. That was, it turned out to be a really great episode. Um, so I just want to thank her for jumping on. It was good to get a, you know, a woman's perspective, um, when it comes to rap music, when it comes to, you know, Rhapsody, when it comes to, um, you know, lyrics, all that type of stuff that we was able to get into, um, got some great insight on some things that was going on in Louisville that I didn't have any idea what was going on. So I appreciate her coming on that last podcast. So, um, we are in February. And uh, Black History Month. So it's something I wanted to do was to celebrate uh, Black History Month. And everybody that knows me know what the subject matter is going to be on the very first person that I am definitely going to single out. I have not done it on this platform. Um, when it comes to the Stolen Time podcast, I have spoken about this person a lot. Um, but as far as this one, I pretty much haven't. And the person I'm going to single out today... Um, is surprise surprise fred hampton um i've mentioned a lot that he's one of my um favorite my favorite person in history really um you know when i look at some of the things that he's done um just just naturally being a leader um he's a a a very important person and he he only had a reign for three years so it's crazy that he was able to get a lot of the things that he got done just in three years um but even before um fred hampton became the person that not everybody know but i think that what's gonna happen this friday um on february the 12th it's, it's gonna open up a lot of people's eyes i finally get to get my fred hampton movie uh judas of the black messiah comes out this friday and I've been wanting a Fred Hampton movie for a long time. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. And, but it's going to be new to some people. I think that some people just really don't know the significance and really know the background story of Fred Hampton. So I think that this movie is really going to highlight it. And, and if you want to hear more about the movie, please go to Viewers Anonymous. Um, um, that's one of the movies that we got planned coming up. Um, so be on the lookout for the episode. Viewers Anonymous is on all major platforms. And as far as the visuals, you can get visuals on Scoots Bronson TV. Um, so be look, be on the lookout for uh, the episode that we're going to do there. Um, but if you know um, S. Foster, especially from the Stolen Time podcast, um, I've been talking about this dude going on four years. So this is this isn't anything new for me. And, you know, I got a book um, about Fred Hampton. I, I haven't finished it yet, but um, it was called, what well, it's called From the Bullets to the Ballots. And it's talking about a lot of the things that um, Fred Hampton was trying to do in like, even early life. And, like, one of the th- things that stood out to me about early life was he went to uh, – Provisto, Provisto East um, High School, 
And one of the things that he did while he was in high school was he was a part of the uh, student government. Um, I think he was the president of the student government. And there was some racial stuff going on in Chicago, you know, what's new. And um, so there was some stuff going on with the lunch. And Fred Hampton, like, got, like, a conference with the teachers and, you know, stated his case on the student lunch and how the, some of the black kids were being mistreated and all of this type stuff. So he had been on this road of doing things like this very early. And he was doing it in high school, you know, early enough to where it caught the eye of the, N the NCAACP. And he was uh, a deputy, like, like I, I forget what the exact title was, but I think it was a, um, a deputy chairman of the uh, of the youth or something like that. So he was put in a leading a, a, a leadership position at 18 years old in the NCAACP, and so he was doing his work with them, and figured that there needed to be a different approach to what he was doing. So that took him to the Black Panther Party. And the Black Panther Party has a this aura around them to where they was painted to be like these very bad people. You know, I remember asking an old friend of mine, like when I say the Black Panthers to you, what's the first thing that come to mind? And they said bad. And I was like, why do you think they're bad? And they was just like, well, you know, they they carry guns, they attack police and all this type of stuff like that. I said, see, I said, you don't know your history. It's not what happened. I said, the Black Panthers, the reputation that they have, they was painted to be very bad people because of a few bad situations they, they they painted the whole group with one broad brush to make it seem like everybody was bad. Like even th they they did things that was according to the way that the constitution was written and the individual laws in the individual states, they did follow the rules. Like when they stormed the Capitol in Sacramento, they was out there with you know what I'm saying? AK-47s, you know what I'm saying? 12 gauges, all types of shit, right? But they had no ammunition in it. It wasn't loaded. They said that it was open to carry as long as you didn't have ammunition in it. So they followed the rules. And all they were doing was fighting and marching and storming things. Not storming, but, you know, doing things. That was for the betterment of the people and especially the black people. And that's another thing that people had misconstrued with the Black Panthers where people tried to make them out to be. They tried to compare them to the KKK. Name one situation where they went into a white neighborhood and snatched a white person out of their house and tortured and killed them. They are not compatible. They are nothing alike. Absolutely nothing alike. You cannot compare them to the KKK. They're not a hate group. They allow different races and white the white race to come into the Black Panther Party. 
The only thing was, and I understand this rule, was the fact that they could not hold any leadership positions, which is very understandable. Now, the thing that people have to understand about most black people, I can't say all because I can't speak for everyone, is the fact of a lot of the times we don't believe in exclusion because we know what exclusion feels like because we have been excluded from this country, this government, everything. So that's why we are more, a lot of the times we're more accepting to looking out for the group as as in humans um as in you know not really being against gays and all type of stuff like that because we don't uh, some of us don't want to exclude certain people because we know what exclusion feels like so the black panther party get a, a bad rap but like they never talk about how they invented school breakfast they didn't that wasn't breakfast for kids back then like back when uncle washington went to school but the black panthers created it and then the schools adapted it but they didn't give them the credit for it you know what i'm saying like all of these people who you know who were put in positions to have to use wick or snick or anything like that the black panthers created that they created situations where these single parent mothers have a way to feed their kids like they would put together these care packages and they would give them they would hand them out to people in the neighborhood and when i say people i'm saying people i'm not saying black people like even in that book that i was reading there are pictures of them doing those breakfasts you can even watch uh pbs did a great documentary on um the black panthers I think they just entitled it Black Panthers. And you can see video of them serving these kids breakfast before school. And there was white kids in there. Like they didn't push anybody away. They didn't exclude people just because they was white. They knew that these white kids that was in there, they was in the same position. They lived in the same neighborhood as those black people. And they needed the help just as much as any other group did. So that's another thing. And when you look at what they were able to do and why the government was so headstrong on taking them down was because, especially because of Fred Hampton. Now, don't get me wrong. They set uh, Huey P. Newton up, you know what I'm saying? And that ended up going to his demise and he ended up, you know, getting killed. Um, Bobby Seale, you know, he was able to take a bad situation and flip it into a good one where he actually ran for, I think he ran for mayor of uh sacramento but he ended up losing um but anyway to get to fred fred came up with this idea and that's what made him number one on j edgar hoover's um hit list and that was creating the rainbow coalition fred hampton the one of the reasons why i am a huge component of him is uh for that reason there like fred hampton figured out a way to say you know what i love my people i love my black people but at the same time there are a lot of people out here that's getting you know dealt a bad hand and so with the rainbow coalition he was able to round up 
black people, white people, Asian people, um, Indian people. Because when he would do a speech, he would end that speech, he would say, power to the red people, power to the black people, power to the yellow people, power to the white people. And then like with creating this rainbow coalition, the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover noticed this. And they was like, yo, this guy is the highest threat to the government right now. Because if he's able to get all of these people on one page, and that is the same page that we don't want them to be on, we got to take this guy out. And that is exactly what they did. And Fred was, was, was like, if you listen to one of, like, like some of his speeches, like he was so sure of himself. He spoke very well. And the ideas that he had and the person that he could have been if he was not taken out by the American government. And yes, I say it was taken out by the American government and it has been proven and it's been proven in court. You can look um, when they finally went in to move in on him. And the thing about Judas to the Black Messiah that I can see from the previews is the fact that they really uh, it's played by Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield is the mold um, that was put into the Black Panther. Um, I don't know if they're going to show this, but I don't see why they wouldn't. But, you know, the way that the story goes is that Fred was uh, stuck with a tranquilizer. And when they moved in on him, on the Chicago PD, when they moved in on him, they shot 99 shots into his bedroom with him and his pregnant girlfriend laid. And one shot went out, but it was from his security who got shot. And it was like a... a one of those reactions where the guy ended up pulling the trigger from getting shot and when all the shooting was over and it was pulling Fred but I think it was while Fred was still in the bed and his girlfriend was reported saying that the cops was talking and one of them asked is he dead and the way that it, the story goes is like the dude like the cop pump two more shots in him it was like if he ain't dead he dead now and so it was taken the case was taken and they um you know they they put together this like this exhibit of how the shooting went down and they was able to prove in court that 99 shots went into that bedroom and the hampton family sued the Chicago PD and the FBI. And they won the case. They won the case. They won the case that um that they was responsible for Fred's death. And I thought that that's something that is very important for people to know because to know that this man was taken out because he was pulling people together. And for him to accomplish what he accomplished and, and to be taken out at the age of 21. Like, this man reign was only for three years. Just three years from 18 to 21. And even when he joined the Black Panther Party, he was put in a leadership position. And what people have to understand about Fred is 
this goes all the way up to President Obama. And for the people that don't understand what I'm saying by it goes all the way up to President Obama is President Obama used a, a rainbow coalition to get elected. Um, Uncle Washington always says um, President Obama was the first president to be elected without the majority white vote. And the way he was able to do that is he used the same tactics that Fred Hampton used. And he was able to pull the, um, the Native, Native Americans. He was able to pull the white people. He was able to pull the Asian people and, um, and the Latino people. He was able to pull all of them together to vote for him. And that's the same tactic that he used. And Fred was a guy that was able to influence people. Like he had a guy like Jeff Fort. If y'all don't know who Jeff Fort is, Jeff Fort is an American gangster about Jeff Fort. Him and the Black Tone Rangers. Um, there was a gang, a black gang in um in Chicago. But when Fred was alive, like Fred had Jeff Fort on the right track. And then when Fred was taken out. You know, that's when they started getting into, you know, moving drugs and all that type of stuff like that um, for them to even make an American Gangster episode about Jeff Ford. So Fred had a lot of influence. Like another thing that Fred was able to do, and there's they named a pool um, in Chicago after him because of this. Um, so it was a heat wave in Chicago uh, one year and uh, black people wasn't allowed to swim in the pools. So Fred come up with the idea of turn, you know, turning the, the fire hydrant. So you know these black kids in the you know in the inner city could uh, could cool off with this water. So police pull up and they're like, "Yo, you can't have this fire hydrant on. Can't have it open. This is illegal. All this type of shit." So Fred is like, "Yo, it's hot." These kids need to cool off and y'all won't let us swim in the in the city pool. You know what I'm saying? So from the way the story goes, they ended up letting the kids, you know, keep getting wet or whatever, whatnot. But then soon after, they finally allowed the black kids to actually swim in the same pool as the white kids. And this is what you gotta remember. Fred Hampton was assassinated. On December the 4th, 1969, 69, the Civil Rights Act was signed in 64. And you still got segregation and redlining still going on in 69, which is still kind of going on today, but just in a different form. But that's a totally different thing. But that's the influence that a guy like Fred Hampton had, you know, just at the age 20, 21, where he was able to talk these cops into letting these kids cool off and to also finally let these kids actually get into the city pool and end up naming the city pool after him. Me personally, I feel like Fred Hampton needs to be desired like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. There's a there's pretty much a Dr. Martin Luther, uh, Luther King Boulevard in every town. 
We need a Fred Hampton Boulevard on every town. You know what I'm saying? We need schools. Like y'all want to name schools. Some of y'all want to name schools that the Robert E. Lee. You know what I'm saying? Ulysses S. Grant. Y'all want to name, you know, roads after people that was Confederate soldiers. And the way that we view, as in black people, we don't view people in that was representing the the Confederacy. We don't view them very well. And some people might not view Fred very well, but if you actually knew the information on Fred, if you actually knew what he stood for, yeah, he stood for his people. He stood for his black people. But at the same time, he knew the significance of we all have to get on the same page. We all got to get on the right track because if we all can't unite, there's no way that this thing called America is going to work. And something that people don't understand about the Black Panther Party is the Black Panthers, they, people want to talk about their interactions with the police. And they misconstrued what they was trying to do and their whole objective with the police. The Black Panthers, what they figured they would do because what we see that's on camera today, like when it comes to George Floyd, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to Tamir Rice, when it comes to Marcus uh, Garner and all these people, like all of this shit was happening back then, you know, Emmett Till, you know what I'm saying? And to prevent these type of situations, what the Black Panther Party did was what we're going to do is we're going to police the police. We are going to watch a traffic stop and make sure this man Rice does not get violated while he's being pulled over. If you're going to give him a ticket for running a stop sign, cool. Give him the ticket and let him go on his way. So what they did is they policed the police. There were situations that they had shootouts with the police, but they wasn't the ones who started it. They're just like that 15-year-old kid that got killed with, um, what's my man's name? Um, Megger Evers. The kid that got killed with him when there was a shootout with the police. Like, uh, Megger Evers told the boy, like, you have to get completely naked so they don't shoot you. Because if you got clothes on, they're going to say you got a gun. So Megger Evers came out, but naked, the kid came out with underwear on, and they shot the kid. I think the kid ended up being like 15 to 16 years old. So what people have mistaken is they say that they went and shot at the police, or they went and you know, just randomly kill police. That's not what the Black Panther Party did. Now, I praise them. I don't know if I would have personally had the courage to join them when, you know, when we're talking about the 60s and 70s and things like that, just because of how they was targeted um, and how they was treated, how they weren't able to really get jobs and stuff like that. But I think that they were they are very important to our history and the things that they've done need to be uplifted because what the government do and in some cases what the school do is they they paint them in a bad light to make them seem like they were very bad people and they was not bad people like they had some bad apples just like cops cops got bad apples come on man like we all know all cops aren't bad you know what I'm saying? But some of them are bad at their job and they need to be called out. That's just like everything. I'm a FedEx driver. We got bad drivers. 
You know what I'm saying? That's why we got fucking insurance. There are bad people in every group. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, everything. Like there, there are bad people in everything because what ended up happening to the Black Panther Party was the fact of it got so big because in the beginning they just didn't let anybody in. But then it got to the point where it got so big they just started letting everybody in and then people started infiltrating on being part of the black panther party and they would do bad things just so it would give them a bad name so it ended up making them seem like they were a bad group but i am very very excited about judas of the black messiah man um i used to do a whole fred hampton movie in my head um <laughs> somebody beat me to it and um, I, I just think that he's a guy that, um, that needs to be mentioned more. I think that he's a guy that is, um, I think he's very special. Um, I really do. Um, when you look at the things that he's done, the speeches that he said, I used to know one speech by heart. Um, I know some of it, it went like, he was like, we are going to defend ourselves. Because Huey P. Newton says that power is the ability to define, denominate, and make it act in a design manner. And that power is the ability to define, denominate, and make it act in a, in a design manner. And he was like, well, the first thing we got to do is get organized. He's like, get organized. So when the pig walks up to you, or a pig get a job with the people, you know so many tactics, some revolutionary uh, tactics, something like that. And he was like, uh, and you'll have some guns hit out somewhere. And then he was like, so when a pig walks up to you, that pig is wrong. You blow him away. And then you have made that pig act in a design manner. It goes something like that. I messed it up a few times, but like this dude, just like the things that he was saying, the way that he was saying passion that he has such at a young age and to be able to captivate people and to bring people together is one of the most important things about him and i think that everybody please go out and watch this movie man judas of the black messiah and then when you're done watching it man uh there will be a viewers anonymous episode coming out soon about that movie i just want to sing to single this man out on this platform 28 minutes or less um like i said before man he's my favorite person in history and i think it's somebody that everyone should try to read up on because i mean i didn't do his justice today um, i'm just one guy that's just out here potting and um there's a lot more things that you can learn about fred hampton um but you know i like to celebrate people that I love to give that flowers too. So, uh, like I say, man, go out and support on uh, the 28 minutes. Uh, well, this is the 28 minutes of last podcast, but please support this. Uh, subscribe, uh, review, all that type stuff. Um, also, man, uh, coming up on a um, a celebration episode. Uh, we on the 200th episode of the Stolen Time podcast. That's going to be coming out here soon. So please go support the Stolen Time Podcast, man. Um, it's going to be a celebration. I got a lot of guests lined up. So it's going to be a treat for the people that really love that podcast. So be on the lookout 
for uh, the 200th episode of the Stolen Time Podcast. Um, I mentioned a few times, shout out to the homie Scoots Bronson. Uh, but before Scoots Bronson, man, shout out Uncle Washington, man, my uh, co-host of the, uh, of the Stolen Time Podcast. And uh, shout out to Scoots Bronson, the co-host of the uh, Viewers Anonymous Podcast. Um, also, shout out to Casey. Um, he's working on something. He's working on something. He's he's in the lab. He's cooking some stuff up for me. So hopefully I will be able to reveal some of that stuff soon. So um so shout out to my guy Casey, man. Uh, also uh shout out to Candace, you know, like I said, jumping on the last episode with me. Um shout out to Sinclair, shout out to Jamar, man. He just uh, put out a great message. Uh he mentioned me. I appreciate the things that he had to say. Um, so shout out to that dude. Um, damn, uh, shout out to Mark. Um, I appreciate everybody for supporting. Um, like always, man, I, I, um, nothing but gratitude. I appreciate anybody who clicks on this podcast and, you know, give it a listen, whether you're listening to it or you're watching it, um, for the people that are listening, um, uh, if you want to know where to watch it, it's, um, the Stolen Time Podcast Network. That's where you can find the YouTube page um, for this. So, man, I, I just really appreciate everybody, man. Honestly, um, do, you know, to start on um, the Stolen Time Podcast going on four years. Um, when it comes to this podcast, I'm like in the third year of this podcast. Um, I'm in one year down for the Viewers Anonymous. And for anybody to take, the, take out the time to listen to something that I put together. I truly, truly appreciate it. And uh, until the next time, uh, this was episode 35 of the 28 Minutes or Less. And I'm out.